Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This week we have Frank and Richie from No Option from Delaware. Shout out Delaware Hardcore. I, I love everything that's going on down there right now. So many good bands, and I'm stoked to be able to have bands on from that area on the podcast. I just want to help and support, and I'm just happy to see that things are popping off down there. No Option just put out a new record. It's super awesome. You guys should definitely go check it out. I had a lot of fun talking to Frank and Richie. It was way more fun than I thought it would be. So it was an unexpected surprise. And I hope you guys listening enjoy the conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, welcome Frank and Richie to the podcast. What's up, man? How you doing? It's um, it's going all right. You know, I feel um, a, a little tired from last weekend. I feel like I'm still recovering from Sand and Fury. Oh, hell yeah. Who was your favorite sets? If I'm going to be honest, um, I've had this conversation like with a ton of different people and a, a lot of people just want to rule out have heart because everybody um, thinks that like, that was the best set, um, which was it was amazing. Super awesome reunion, um, but not including half heart. It, it seems that the um, argument is either between uh, mind force or drain. Yeah, that's what I that's what I saw from uh, Twitter and all the internet presence. It was so sexy and mind force back together. I love that chainsaw is back in action now. So sick. I've oh. seen a lot about drain too. I'm a really big fan of drain. Oh, they're Very sick. sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's a super awesome band from like uh, northern part of California. So I was really happy to see them be able to play the fest and kind of get their due because they're they've been doing it. And I feel like your kids are starting to like, you know, actually show love because um, they're able to see them and have way more shine. So it's actually pretty awesome. I was happy to see them play. Yeah, it's cool. Like, uh, it seems it's been like a running joke on the East Coast. You know, West Coast can't mosh. West Coast doesn't have bands popping off. But like in the past two years, like the West Coast kind of they've stepped the fuck up. Like bands like Dare and like Bamakara coming up, Drain, like, Absence so, of Mind, yeah, Absence yeah. of Mind. Like so many bands just killing it. And every show out there looks insane. Shout out Gulch too. Dude. Yeah, Gulch is Are they unreal. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, uh, Gulch is insane. Yeah, they're nuts. They share members with Drain. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And Hands of God, too. Yo. Oh, Hands of God is sick. Super heavy. Um, so I, I'm curious about this joke. I've never heard this joke before for, from anybody. Maybe it's because I'm from the West Coast. You can explain it. What, what joke? About how West Coast can't mosh. Oh, I don't know. It's just always like the joke. Like, it's, I don't know. We'll always make fun of like the two stepping because, like, 
don't know, I just feel like especially northeast, everybody two steps and mosh super hard. Like uh, I know Marco from Dare. Like you can even ask him about this because we've talked about it. But like people over here, we hit hard as fuck for no good reason. Everyone just moshes super hard I over here compared to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, Frank doesn't like getting. I hit. hate it. <laughs> I respect it, and it's cool if I know somebody. But if I don't know someone and I'm getting punched in the jaw, I am not gonna be cool with that. Yeah, it, it's hard to excuse me uh, to uh, avoid random limbs swinging your way when there's tons of people at the shows. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. No, you just can't avoid it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to, you have to know where to be if you really don't want to get hit. Stuff like that. I don't know. I oh. usually just, you know, I want to actually watch the band, so I'll stand. You know, I'm cool with standing in the back. I'm not going to be the person moshing in the back because I actually want to watch the band and listen to them rather than just, you know watch my back and get hit in the face for me it, it just depends on um who's playing because yeah, yeah i'm a little older now and if i'm like super pumped to see the band and like i just want to let loose and mosh i'll go up front but most of the time i'll just uh just kind of stand off to the side like closer to the stage and just kind of yeah. enjoy it that's i feel like it's the that's my favorite thing to do just because it's you know you get to watch everything you get to take in the experience especially at a big fest like that i've never been out the sound of fury and i really do want to go soon i'm trying to go to the next one you know i'm really gonna try but even with uh fya and this is hardcore like standing kind of off to the side but watching everything all happen at the same time is just so crazy i like being in the middle of it I don't know. It's the the controlled chaos of everything is fun to me. So that makes sense. You, you said you're going to try to come out next year for Sound and Fury. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like I, every every year, I feel like an idiot <laughs> for not going. But luck, luckily, it's like we have this is hardcore, like literally yeah. like thirty minutes away driving distance, so it's not too bad at all. Right. Yeah. Which is so great. Yeah, we're so, being from Delaware is like one of like the coolest spots to be in. Like we're super like spoiled for just even just going to shows and being hype on bands. Like you can get to so many scenes within like four hours. Yeah, like there's you know there's Philly, there's the Delaware scene, there's Jersey, Wilkes Barre, Richmond, fucking New York, Baltimore, even New York, New York, Long all of Long Island. It's it's all so close, and you know. People will, are willing to drive to every single show regardless of what state in and just because it's max three or four hours, which is really cool. And it really kind of it brings that one scene unity thing together, which I really I don't understand how, you know, there's division within the scene just because there's there's areas where people are like, nah, I don't like that band like they're they're not from our area. Like we're not cool with them. Like they're not one of us. I, I just don't I'll never understand that. Like. I think it's all about fun. Hardcore to me is all about fun. I'm, I've always been jealous because um, out there the, the states are so close. So I feel like um, there's so many different scenes next to each other, um, but the drive isn't that bad. So, you, so you're, yeah. you're able to experience like a bunch of different scenes with a reasonable amount of like driving distance versus out here. Um, California is huge, but if you look at all the scenes up and down the coast, things don't differ too much. Yeah, I've seen that too. It's pretty cool though, because I mean, you guys can get really well connected with each other in your scene, which is cool. Yeah, you, know, you guys all have like the umbrella of like 
California, which is like super cool. But I, I, I can understand like the, oh, you're from this part of California though. And we're from this part. Like, it's like, I feel like you'll get that no matter where in hardcore because hardcore has that weird allegiance to like where you're from and like the sound established within your scene, you know? Yeah. Growing up, when I was um, like watching like Boston Beatdown Volume Two, um, I, I was I'm mean, even to this day like I'm always fascinated on where bands are from because I'm always curious about you know what areas are I'm um, kind of putting out what sound. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I love like the New York sound. Long Island has like one of the coolest sounds right now because like every band you can tell kind of inspires each other a little bit but they all just kind of do their own thing and run with it at the same yeah. time so uh, this year at Sand and Fury I, I actually saw like um, a bunch of kids wearing uh, shirts of bands from your guys' area which I was um, kind of stoked about like I, I saw some guy um, he was wearing a no option shirt it was an orange one uh, that might have been our homie uh, Johnny. He's yeah, actually yeah. filled in uh, drums for us a couple times when Frank yeah. was uh, grounded. Yeah, so we don't talk about that. <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious to ask. Grounded. All right. So, so okay. Wait. 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 Wait, at the bo- <laughs> wait. Before you tell us, are you? How old are you? I'm currently 19. Okay. He was 17 when he joined the band. Yeah. So he was, uh, he graduated a year early though, but he was still 17 and like going to college. And uh, I guess we, uh, we were a bad influence on him. And no, that's not what it was at all. So you were, we were practicing like three times a week then like you weren't doing no schoolwork. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like I was totally, um, pushing my college off for like band practice just to have fun okay and basically so i went to a community college where if you got below a 75 it was an f oh, wow. which sucks it, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense and it still pisses me off to this day because one of the classes it was a five credit class and i was taking 15 credits that semester the five credit class i got a 73.7 in it. <laughs> and it's like Come on, that's just fucked up. Like you can't just throw me a bone. Yeah, Piss basically Frank's Frank's dad, shout out to the homie, Frank Senior. Yeah, what a guy. Uh yeah, he he was like Frank, you're an idiot and grounded him. <laughs> yeah, he grounded me for uh how long was that? It was only like three months, two yeah. months. I mean, we and had to cancel jo- a bunch of shows. So. We had to cancel one show. And that was like two or three. It doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> our homie Johnny filled in at a show where I was uh going out of town. It was the it was the year of the knife Jukai show at the church in Quakertown. Yeah, yeah I wish we also I was filled in. Uh, we played with Sworn Enemy. Oh yeah, on a uh, four twenty last yeah, year. Yeah. I missed that. You didn't miss yeah. that much. Yeah, I figured. But still, <laughs> I yeah. hate missing shows. So, <laughs> well, it was cool to see him in that shirt, and then I saw um, another guy in like a vicious embrace T-shirt. And babies, yeah, and then um, you're the knife. Kids went off. Like I I was actually, um, uh, not super surprised, but the whole room like was going nuts when they went on. I saw the videos that Pure Noise was live streaming, and everything they played was slower than on record, which I thought sounded so sick. It sounded just crazy because it was just heavy. Yeah, Yeah, I love the energy they bring to any show they play. Like those dudes just. Oh, um, they like it's not even like it's cool seeing a band from your state kill it in so many ways, but it's just cool to see like a band that like everybody's going for that kickback kind of like Euro sound so hard, but then like Year of the Knife is like do it. They're the ones doing it right. I feel like you know, 
Tyler's also a remarkable vocalist. Like oh, yeah. he has the energy, he has an insane sound through the mic. It's just I can't wrap my head around how good of a band Year of the Knife is. Yeah. Like yeah. they deserve all of the recognition they're getting and some. Like they deserve more than what they have. Like they're going to keep growing and I'm very stoked to watch it. Oh yeah. I was um, really happy to um, hear them live and everybody was uh, uh, consistent and it sounded good. Yeah, they're um, they're they're a great live band. I've never definitely had seen the that Delaware band. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've yeah, never seen them perform. Us are just like shit. We didn't practice two weeks before the show. Yeah. And then they're like just always on it, you know? Yeah. Okay. They also have a they also have like a permanent practice spot too. Like they have a place they can practice anytime they want for free. Yeah. So that's rare in Delaware. Yeah, exactly. Where do you guys practice at? There's this little jam spot uh, in Bear, Delaware called Jam Twenty Four Seven. You can base, jam twenty four seven. Yeah, you just give them a call. It's twenty bucks an hour. The dude's really nice. Uh, he has this funny nickname, Digital Dave. I discovered recently. <laughs> And uh, he, he'll comment you about your tone, but like he doesn't quite understand like the punk tone or like punk hardcore tone at all. So he'll be like, you, you got too much gain. He'll put you down at like one. And it's like, dude, there's nothing here. <laughs> like, I'm not playing Skinner, man. <laughs> OK, um, so it's funny. Um, you guys have, uh, were in this conversation and we haven't even talked about your guys's band. Um, <laughs> you guys are in a band called no option from, uh, Delaware, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tri-state. Yeah. We so, used to be just mainly Delaware, but people started, we, some member changes and Jack moved back from Delaware to Reading, Pennsylvania, where he's from. Okay. Can you guys, uh, talk about how the band got together? Um, I, I just, can explain that. Yeah. Uh, it was like winter 2017. I just had a bunch of songs lying around, decided to like write a demo one day. I showed it to Jack when we were hanging out. He was dating uh, Izzy from Mercy Blow when she was playing in that band at the time. And uh, so we were just hanging out at her house every weekend when she lived in Delaware and um, just showed him it one night when we were drinking and he was like, okay, I'm gonna do vocals on this. And within two weeks we had the demo done and dropped it and then didn't really do anything until we, uh, I started working on another EP and it was just gonna be the same thing for fun. And then Jack heard it and he was like, yeah, maybe we should try to take a serious attempt at this band. And so I just met Frank at the time. I saw him, this is as funny as it is. I saw oh, him post a knuckle puck drum cover on Instagram. Dude, and uh, so I was like, okay, he understands how to play fast word. So I hit him up and uh, we just started practicing and then recorded Murder Town like two months later. Dude, the drummer on knuckle puck is hands down one of the tightest drum, like tightest drummers I've ever seen live. I've ever talked to. This motherfucker was telling me about foundation and how cool it is to be straight edge when I was like 14 at Warp Tour. I was like, yo, this guy is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I know he, he's a, um, a hardcore kid. And I, I can yeah. tell you guys a random story. So um, I have this friend. Um, his name's Brian. He was from Milwaukee. He was the original bass player for Focus Minds. Do you guys remember that band? Uh, it sounds familiar. 
Yeah, I'm not familiar. <laughs> they're not active anymore, but they're just like uh, they were a straight edge band. But um, he, Brian, was friend, or he's still friends with the the drummer of Knuckle Puck. And before Knuckle Puck actually uh, was a band, the drummer asked Brian, he's like, "Hey, I, I want you to play bass in this new band that I'm starting. I think it would be fun." But my buddy Brian didn't want to drive out to practice because he was just being super lazy. And it turns out that band turned into Knuckle Puck. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But they stayed friends. And um, uh, Brian and I, uh, we, we used to talk all the time. And uh, he he would hit me up because he knew that I was like super into pop punk. And he was like, hey, he's like, I, I know you like Knuckle Puck and they're in town tonight. Like, I can get you on guest list. And I was like, all right, I'm down. Like, I don't want to be that guy asking to get on people's guest list. But if it's going to be offered to me, I'll take it. Oh, dude, that's the worst. Ask like when your homies are playing a show and you're like, you don't want to be that person that's like, hey, can you swing a guest list spot? <laughs> but like, it's like the show's sold out or something and you're like trying to go and you're like, uh, do I send the text? <laughs> At least you still got the hookup though. <laughs> yeah, so it was chill and I met him, super nice guy. So um, shout out to Knuckle Puck, great band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're sick. Yeah, they, I, I've fallen off the pop band. punk bandwagon in the past few years, and I kind of regret that. That's, like, one of the reasons why I got into, like, hardcore is through, like, pop punk and shit like that. Not gonna lie, dude, pop punk is really at its lowest right now, because it's all... Dude, it's just weird at this point. Yeah, like, yeah I listened all, to, like, the Major League Truth Is EP the other day, just for, like, nostalgia, and I was like, let me take... Let's go back to, like, sophomore year of high school. Another, It still slaps. The only one other pop punk band that I still think is doing it right is the story so far. Their last album was really good. I'm a big fan of that last album. Yeah, I, I, that was a good album. Yeah, it was a really good album. Like, even if you look at it, okay, take away the whole pop punk thing and the stereotype about pop punk, it's a really good album musically. And I think they're the only band that's considered pop punk that's still, you know, putting out really good music that's all kind of different from each other. I, is Movements considered pop punk? I don't think it is. I wouldn't consider them pop punk. But I guess they fall under that umbrella. Like they, There's probably like pop punk meme accounts that make tons of Movements memes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a Movements fan though. Yeah, they're dead. Very good band. I like the new Story So Far record. Uh, I think everything that they put out is awesome. Solid di uh, discography. Yeah, they haven't lost me, and I'm kind of, uh, you know, it's like you get deeper into hardcore, you're like, ew, pop punk, like that whole, like, weird negative connotation you get, like, through hardcore kind of puts on you for liking pop punk, but uh, I, the story so far hasn't lost me at all on Angel, any of their Angel albums. Dust is a pop punk band. Angel Dust is 100, dude, I have, have you realized that Angel Dust is a, has always been a pop punk band? That hit me, like, the other day, and I've, like... I, when I was listening to their new album, I was like, They've, they're a pop punk band now. And I was like, wait, they always have been. And like, that's, I don't know why that's been sitting with me weird. Do they identify as that? No, but like, if the sound wise, <laughs> like from the jump, like if you even listen to like Extra Raw, like that's like, it's very, it's very more on like the punk side of things, but it's like, it's a poppy record still. Rock the fuck on forever was like that first kind yeah. of that footstep it's in not the pop like punk it's direction. not like traditional pop punk but it's basically the idea of writing pop music under the punk umbrella it's catchy punk yeah like it's it's almost pop punk the new album is more so it, it's more pop punk than anything they've put out it's awesome though i loved it's it so good they fucking busted out the acoustic guitar and killed it yeah i i think that band's awesome i i love them I've never been disappointed seeing them live or like any record they put out. It's always been dope. 
So getting back to um, No Option, you guys put out Murder Town, and I first heard of you guys because um, you guys got added to This Is Hardcore last year, and it was all over Twitter. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I, I've never heard of this band, younger band. Like, gotta check them out. So I, I kind of got into you guys that way. Can you guys talk about your um, experience playing This Is Hardcore last year? Yeah. All right. So honestly, when we got the text, we thought we were getting punked by because we're like friends with like Joe, Chris, Bob, like Bob's hooked us up tons. Uh, we had played that Inclination show a couple weeks before and Bob like we did. It, it was a crazy set. Uh, never seen like that many kids, especially in like Philly. It's like a scene where like people kind of stand around and watch your set. Like even like your friends, like no one will pop off like sometimes. But like the room exploded. The entire show is super sick. And then they hit us up like a week before they were like, yo, riding out dropped. Would you guys want to take their place and open up on the Friday? And they didn't post it for like an extra week. So we were like, all right, they're punking us like they're just messing with us. And like same with Shackled this year, they were telling us they were like when they got asked, they were like, oh, are they punking us like we getting like fucked with? Because like it's like it's almost like unreal to get asked to play. This is hardcore, like being from this area, like. I remember being like 16, 17, going to my first like this is hardcore and it was like the craziest experience of my life. And it's like was so just unreal to be even asked to play on that stage with like all those legendary bands. And for me, it was like I had that was my first time going to the event. Like I've been in the hardcore scene two years, maybe in this past. This is hardcore was my first time ever going. And it was kind of cool. Like my first this is hardcore. My band was the first band that played the weekend. And it was just a really cool experience. It also kind of got those nerves out of the way because I'm counting the pre-show, though, because Hangman destroyed that shit with their uh, vision of disorder cover. But I've you know, I'm, I'm really nervous for this year already. I don't know why. I'm hella nervous. Yeah, but like that playing first really kind of helps that the nerves leave. But last year was just surreal. Yeah, it we was, gotta wait till Sunday now. It's like last yeah. year at least you could get out of the way, you know, yeah. have it done. Now we gotta wait till Sunday to like possibly yeah. disappoint everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, this year you guys are closing out the the weekend with the after show. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's gonna be fun. Life's question, karma, simulacra fucking three week old roses they're all like some of like especially like my favorite bands going yeah. on in the scene right now and luckily enough we get to call everybody in those bands like our friends which is super dope and three week old roses especially is super sick we might uh so we wrote a song with them on their album it's called unmarked but uh yeah we collaborated and like sat down and like uh it was me kyle jack and frank met up with them and we wrote a song together and they actually wrote it like recorded it for their album and had jack do vocals with it it was super sick so i'm excited to see that and do that with them live there so sick yeah even if i have to miss the gorilla biscuits for it but i will do it because i love those dudes yeah i'm super stoked on that van life's question dude they are insane holy shit. wait for the new ep it's yeah oh they my have, god they have a new i don't know you know th- I, I don't know how many but like I mean, no, three you know, or four songs. Three, three or four songs. Three. I don't know when it's coming out. I don't know anything about it besides the fact that it's nuts. Um, it's just so fun. There's some some clean singing on it. Like it's There's it's a ton of clean singing, but it's like done super tastefully. Yeah, it's very dynamically different than even their last, like their than the, the rhythm of the streets. I think it's called right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 
it's a lot more advanced than that, but it's still so fun. It's so sick. Yeah, the only good part about being in this band is having all of our friends in better bands send us their demos before what? they release them. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only cool part about this band. Yeah, like I got stoked on the Absence of Mind record. We sent it. I sent it in our group chat because I sent. Uh, I don't know if you know Rudy, but Rudy and I were talking on Twitter and we traded unreleased records <laughs> like months in advance. And um, their guitar player, I think his name's Ryan, right? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan hit me up and he was like, yo, we're sitting on this grunge record. Like, I want to show it to you when we're finished it. And Rudy sent it to us and I sent it in the group chat. I was like, this is 100% my album of the year. And it still is. Like, I still love that record so much. I had to buy the CD. Like, I want to do a tour with them really bad. They're all great guys, but, you know, um, Rudy, Josh, and I actually wanted to do, like, a Life's Question, No Option, Absence of Mind tour one day, just because it would be so much fun. We're all really good friends. It's so cool. I think that would be awesome. I'm actually really excited to see Life's Question for the first time. They're coming out here next month with Vatican. Um, Summer of Fear. Yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, really looking forward to that. Um, but I'm curious. So the absence of mind record, I don't know Rudy personally. I introduced myself to him at um, Sound and Fury just because I wanted to tell him face to face that I enjoy the new record. Um, but I, I was really surprised um, the reaction that it got because the way th- that it unfolded for me, like day one, um, the record came out and I'm, I'm friends with uh, with a lot of people who are close to them. So I, I was seeing a ton of positive feedback and I checked out the record and I was like, OK, like I'm into this, like this is cool. Like I've been a fan of that band. And then the next day, it was like this whole wave of hate. Yeah. And it just kind of threw me for a loop because I was like, dang, I was like, I don't understand like like that um, this many people hate this record because it, it's been a while since I've seen like that much negativity towards a band's new record um, on like social media, like so like public and everybody going out of the way to say like the like the craziest and like like most mean things that they could about that band, um, <laughs> which yeah, like, it, it, it was, was it was, it was, it was crazy. Getting on like Twitter that day, it was like it didn't. It wasn't the day that the album came out. I remember it was all love, and then the next day is when people started to like say some like speak up on negative shit. I'm I remember seeing it, and I was thinking. I think you said you were like if if absence of mind was from the areas people are making fun of them from, they would be getting worshipped. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like I think it's just. They fell into the echo chamber of hardcore kids trying to be cool for other hardcore kids. Yeah. And those kids are just – it's a lot of, like, people that aren't actually helping their scenes and not actually going out of their way to do things to progress hardcore. So it's, like – like, it's an echo chamber. There's nothing – like, those people are just talking shit on the internet to get likes and look cool for their other cool friends and just talk the most shit, be the coolest. That's it. And it's just – no one's just enjoying music for what it is and just kind of listening like – I don't know, like fucking, I guarantee like Life of Agony when they dropped River Runs Red, so many people were like, fuck that shit. There was like, it's known for a fact when like Earth Crisis dropped Firestorm talking about killing drug dealers, everybody lost their minds, was talking shit on it. But like that's went down in history as like one of like the genre defining moments of hardcore. And I think it's, 
it's too early to say if absence of mind will have that effect but it's cool to see that like they had such an album that like everybody in hardcore listened to it just for the fact that everyone's talking one way or the other and they're a band that deserves everybody giving them a ten just the the time of day and giving them a shot because they're packed full of riffs energy and just heart in every single song and they, they're just geniuses like their marketing everything about that band is just great like even all right even before this record came out their music was still great and it's just the way that they market themselves like all the promos for the lp it was like you know anti-smoking advertisements from the 80s with like absence of mind anti-absence of mind propaganda in it yeah you know what i just realized about everything we've talked about so far if kyle's uh, all right so our Old, he used to play bass now he plays guitar for us Kyle he will make fun of us no matter what if he was here right now he'd make fun of us so hard for dick riding the entire podcast <laughs> <laughs> he would deep fry us right now <laughs> not even dick riding I just love all this yeah. shit a lot like I have you know six CDs and my six CD changer and my stupid ass Subaru <laughs> I'm, just, and, I'm, just, I'm just picture Kyle in the background going like stop dick riding yeah <laughs> He's not here right now. Wait, here's this. He's, he'll enjoy this part. Yeah, no, oh, I'm, I'm definitely into this. Like, I'm down to talk about the bands that we like, because obviously I do this because I'm a fan of the people that I have on. So um, call it dick riding or whatever. Like, it, it's all good to me. But yeah, no, it's super like what you're doing for the scene is so sick. Dude. Yeah. Like I love like listening to interviews with artists that I'm super into. And it's like just because it's hardcore and it's like very DIY, it doesn't mean that we should give people we shouldn't give people the time of day that like an interview would mean like nothing, you know, stop giving off yeah. a cool guy vibe that like I just want I want anyone to talk to me like, hey. What's up? Like There's I really don't for care. A cool guy vibe. Like yeah. we're all fucking. I know. We're all yeah. we're all here because we like releasing our negative aggression in a way yeah. that we can put it out on other people. So like we're all fucking weirdos and nerds. Exactly. Everybody's yeah. a giant nerd over one hardcore album where they will talk all night about it. I guarantee it. Yeah. So like Everyone, no one can act cooler than anybody else. Exactly. I kind of agree <laughs> being being at a fest and like just seeing like so many different people I'm like a little uh, it's a little questionable I'm like hmm I wonder if everybody is really here for the um, same reason um, right. give it, that's why you gotta give everybody a couple years let them figure it out you know yeah, people yeah. it's like it's as lame as it is like there's tourists out here but like oh. it doesn't matter because they're not gonna be here in three years like when you're still gonna be here and you're still gonna be loving those same records you were hype on from the beginning you know like still being hype on current releases coming out it's like I'm a giant I'm a giant nerd for hardcore. I love everything that Triple B has done in the past like couple years. You ask me anything about the Locking Out discography, I'll go on for fucking days. It's like it's you shouldn't be afraid to be a nerd about hardcore, man. It's we all we're all here because we love it. I mean, yeah. you're not cooler than anybody because you got pay you also paid $150 for an OG shirt. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm that nerd because um, from when I started hardcore to where I'm at now, I feel like I've outlived like different generations of friends who've yeah. been into hardcore. And I, I feel like it always gets to this point where like they don't want to kind of progress and go seek out new music. They're OK listening to the same hardcore records, which is fine if, if that's what you want to do. But for me, I've always been 
like, I love this and I want to know everything. So I've always been the um, type of person to always be out there searching for more bands. Like I'm not okay with just listening to the same bands from the early 2000s. I just want to know what's out there because there's so much music. Yeah, for me, I'm the same exact way. Like this is like hardcore is so dope because it's the only place in the world where you can do like you'll see exactly like there's nothing else like hardcore to put it in that way. You just the energy, the aggression that's allowed to be released and like is accepted in there. It's like I would have lost my mind if it wasn't for hardcore at this point. And like there shouldn't be any reason that I should be afraid to be a giant nerd about it and be like completely okay with myself about it. You know, like I'll be real. I cried when I saw cold world for the first time. I'm a, yeah. That's like me. I'll wear it on my shoulder, but like insane. Bands. It's, yeah. It's not, a, it, don't be afraid to be a nerd, man. We're all nerds. Cause we listen to hardcore and we're willing to be here. You know, should be proud about the fact that like we have a scene that like, has lasted this long and like there's a genre where like it's a legitimate scene and following around it that's willing to support each other you know for sure i feel like without the people like us who are super into it and like like you guys um doing a band you guys are part of the reason why this thing is able to keep on living oh thank you that's, yeah for that's, real that's nice <laughs> to hear because i just try to write uh, i write like most of the music i'm not a technical guitarist whatsoever so i've always called on more technically skilled guitarists to come in and write solos for me and help out with that shout out jack beatson yeah shout, shout out, out to jack hands. beatson from foreign hands who uh helped start this band and get it off the ground um hey, yeah s- it's speaking of uh jack beatson um you mentioned that uh kyle um he moved to guitar um who's your bass player uh we, we got our good homie uh crust to hop on bass for us. He was um, actually helping us out with uh, tours and stuff, coming on tour managing and like doing photos for us. But uh, he's an insanely good bassist and we were in a position where uh, Andrew from Shackled was actually playing guitar for us after Jack Beatson left, but was shackled and bare no shame. And we were all just kind of came to the conclusion that like he should put his efforts towards that. And we had Crust move on to bass and Kyle step up to the guitar. But Andrew's still like one of my best friends in the world. I fucking shout out the Don. The I fucking Don. love that man. I love all of Shackled. I want to do a split with them at them. They should listen to this, but they probably will. Dude, but, Dylan's going to listen to that fucking yeah. nerd. <laughs> yeah, shout out to that nerd. I, listen, I don't know shit about Game of Thrones, and that motherfucker and you <laughs> made me listen to a half hour of Game of Thrones shit just to yeah. hear about the four hours that went missing on that goddamn tour. Dude, oh my... Yo, fuck that. Fuck that. They still blame me, and I'm pissed about it. They blame that. you? Yeah. All right. So... All right. So... I was on that tour with War by Other Means and Shackle because I was filling in for War by Other Means. I didn't even know you were on that, to be honest. This is this is yeah, awesome. I was <laughs> Okay. There's a third perspective. No, they <laughs> Okay, wait, wait. Wanna, wait, wait. Before you, you give us the, the third perspective, um, going back to that conversation I had with Dylan about it, like I thought for sure he knew that I was leading into that. Like, but in my mind, I'm like, wow, why does he sound so happy to talk about this? But then when he realized that that's why I brought up the the tour like i i could hear the switch flip in him and he got instantly <laughs> mad and i felt so bad but i i had to bring it up because of um the obviously because of the conversation i had with ron before about that 
No, I love. You can ask anyone that loves Dylan genuinely with their whole heart. They love pissing him off. Oh my that god, that is my great. baby. But I will go out of my way to annoy him just for the fact that he snaps in the funniest ways possible. Ron was also very good at pissing Dylan off. Oh, Ron, I know Ron picked that shit up immediately. Ron has no filter at all, and he will say the most out of pocket shit just to piss Dylan off. And Dylan has a short fuse, so you say one fucked up thing, like if you say die. Coke his ass, he will scream oh, at you. Oh, he'll yell at you? That that recording of him yelling on the tour <laughs> whole, that on. made me piss my pants. I have pants. it saved. You <laughs> have it saved. Hold on. Wait, oh no, if him, I thought you were talking about him yelling at Jesus for $300. Where's that one at? <laughs> wait, 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 what? Oh, wait. The video I posted from the No Awesome tour? Jesus, yeah, hold like on. Like actual Jesus or, or do you guys have a friend? Yeah, have Jesus? you seen that video? No, never. Alright, it's on our Twitter. <laughs> Who's he yelling at? And he's like yelling at a crucifix in a pitch black church. <laughs> like that's what he's doing, and it's the shit. Yeah, <sighs> just that voice when he get gets mad. It just it's hilarious. And that's how he figured out how to do vocals on the new EP. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Shout out Shackled. Great EP. Oh, dude, they dick ride that I will gladly dick ride yeah, that Great fucking babies. Man. I love those dudes okay. so much. Back to the third perspective. Yes, I want to hear so, this. Alright, so basically I, I had slept. You. So we were going all the way down to Panama City to play at a bar. And I had slept. They had put all the gear in the bag like all the head the heads then guitars and then all of our shit on top of it with like blankets and sleeping bags on top so there was like a place to lay down and i was like you know what? nobody wants to be back there i will so i spent like 10 hours just sleeping in the back of the van that day and uh ron and brett were like all right motherfucker since your lazy ass wants to sleep all day you gotta drive and i was like damn it i hate you so i drove first just because i wanted to let dylan sleep and i think i drove from like 12 to 5 something like that or you know 2 to 7 like it was 5 hours I drove it was a 10 hour drive I drove for 5 were you driving when they wanted to stop at like the nature no resort Dylan was driving oh, so stop. I had finished and I had so it was like 7 o'clock at night already no 7am I oh, drove it was overnight it was oh, overnight because we stopped at Waffle House because Dylan's fat ass wanted to eat gonna <laughs> <laughs> like, get Diet Coke <laughs> oh my god so we had stopped at Waffle House because he wanted to eat so we stopped I think we left at 2am we were leaving Panama City we had to go to Walmart and shit so we 2 to 7am I drove got to Georgia at 7am and me and Dylan switched I had texted my girlfriend you know there's Everyone can vouch for that because I told everybody my side of the story and they all believed it because they woke up when I switched at seven in the morning. I was five hours. So Dylan had to make it. So we had to drive another five hours. We were supposed to get there at noon and it went from fucking like it doubled. It went from a five hour drive to a fucking 10 hour drive. And I don't know. Apparently, we all fell asleep and Dylan started driving to look at some fucking nature reserves. We can look at animals or some dumb shit. And, like, and he's still to this day, he's like, I don't know what the fuck happened. I blame fucking Frank. And I don't understand what the fuck happened. And all I know is that it's all Dylan's fault. It's literally all Dylan's fault. Anybody in that van, like, all right, 
how is it anyone's fault but his? He's the one behind the wheel. He's the one in control. He's got his big ass foot on the pedal. He's got to learn how to fucking drive. He's driving like SpongeBob with the big toe. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but it's no literally gas on that bitch. It's all Dylan's fault. Dylan will sit ten and two and drive fifty and a sixty-five. Just because he doesn't want, like, the fucking van to explode because his car is a piece of shit and he never maintains it. <laughs> shit. Dude, he was driving me to the, uh, before that tour started, he was driving me to Newark in New Jersey to, t- like, for the bus so I could take a mega bus to Buffalo to practice with more by other means. Like, he was hooking me up. And he must have had six or seven dash lights on in his car. And he was like, my check engine light's been on for a year and a half. It should have been looking like a Christmas tree. Yeah, it's fucked up. That motherfucker needs to learn how to change his oil because he's his car is going to fucking explode. Uh, there was a couple lights on last time I drove in his car, and that was like January. I can only imagine what it looks like now. Damn. Oh, God. <laughs> That's scary. I, I, I'd be pissed if I saw him driving with his hands on the wheel at 10 and 2. I don't know why, but that grinds my gears. Dude, there's a picture of him. There's watching. so much shit that like you'd see Dylan and it would grind your gears. He just does like shit. I swear to piss other people off. Yeah, he doesn't because as soon as you question him on it, he gets mad at you. So clearly, it's like you're the problem in his life. But like, oh shit, yeah, damn the LP dropped in Europe. Forgot. Oh about shit, that. damn. Yeah, make a count out in Europe <laughs> right now. Okay, um, <laughs> let's talk about the record for a second. Um. Why isn't it on Spotify yet? Because I, I checked uh, earlier today and I was really sad that it wasn't there. Uh, July 20th is the official like drop date of the album. Oh, okay. uh, if I had it my way, honestly, I would have had it out long ago. <laughs> but I'm just like, I get super anxious sitting on music. That's why. And like, I just want it out so I can hear if people don't like it and yeah. then I can deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, you know. Me, Richie and I are the only responsible people when it comes to, like, band stuff, I guess. You know, him and I are in charge of, like, the merch and the contacting people, and we're, we, we are the people that do all the talking. So, yeah. I was just like, alright, well, I threw a couple dates, like, we should put singles out on these days and release the album this day, and everyone was like, alright, whatever. Like, nobody said yeah, nobody said no. So I was like, well, the end, fuck you guys. I'm paying for the distribution, so I'm putting it what day I want to put it in at. And they get mad with that shit, but, you know, they're not giving me any money to help. So, like, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And how long had you guys had the record before you guys um, dropped it early? Because I, to me, it felt like um, it kind of came out of nowhere because I saw on Twitter that um, it was supposed to come out or it's, I'm going to come out Saturday. And then um, it just kind of dropped. I, I listened to it on Bandcamp. So um, how long have you guys had the complete record? And um, can you just talk about why you wanted to release it early? Yeah, we started our first uh, recording session back in December. January. It was uh, the second weekend of November. We recorded yeah. for three days with Wyatt Oberholzer at the Knife Lair in Southwest Philly. Yeah, it's where Year of the Knife did all the like EPs and stuff. Visions of Brace did their last release. Simulacra, Foreign Hands. Wyatt's been like super great with all like. He just understands the Delaware dickhead attitude, I guess, and it yep. works well with us. Yeah, <laughs> he also so, did the payback. Demo. Shout oh, out yeah, Payback. Just, uh, he did what, Struck Nerve. Struck Nerve. He's done so yeah. much shit from this area and kills it on everything he touches. Yeah. But we recorded with him the second weekend of November and we had, we finished all of the instrumentals like 
in the middle of November, they were all done. And we recorded vocals the uh, third week of December. And we sat on them and we listened to them. And then we decided we wanted to retract them just because we weren't completely yeah. satisfied with everything. Jack. Jack, uh, Jack's a skinny little sickly man. So oh, yeah, he, right. <laughs> he gets sick a lot uh, through the winters. So his, he, his yeah. vocals aren't always like fully up to bat. Like at least at that time, it was yeah. like as me and him are kind of like the dickheads of the band. Like, hey, we know we're recording a ten tomorrow, but do you want to get obnoxiously drunk right now? And we kind of do dumb stuff like that. I allow so it. So that yeah, unfortunately, Frank allows <laughs> it because he enjoys watching us do dumb stuff. I I, I provide the band money for them to do regular <laughs> shit. Yeah, so. but uh, yeah, so. In the middle of that, it was like he was going into like recording sessions hungover and we kind of like made everything harder for us and Wyatt. <laughs> but luckily we got it done. Jack ended up doing a great job on everything. Yeah, on the we album. finished it. Um, I think we finished it the first week. Like we finished everything and it was mastered the first week of March. Yeah. And we got we uh, finished, you know, we got it completely finished, like sent to us the first week of April. And then we dropped <laughs> Uh, try again on May 4th at, like I think the day we played or we dropped a May 3rd whatever we played Mosh Against Addiction down in Baltimore and that was yeah. like that's when we met Karma and all that stuff those yeah. dudes are we instantly clicked with those guys yeah. we know Mitch from Karma because we toured with uh, Purgatory earlier this year yeah so like instantly we knew him and then he introduced us to everybody and it was like they're on the same level of dumb shit that we are luckily yeah so it was like instantly we clicked but we going back to it we've had the record finished in our possession for three months now yeah and you guys dropped that one single were there any plans to drop any others or do you guys just wanted to try to wait until the actual release to drop everything else well we were gonna wait to drop everything else but like i just kind of like we just had time in between shows and i got i personally got really antsy so i hit the group chat i was like hey you guys want to drop another song and everyone was like yeah so we end up releasing the uh first song that we started playing live off of the album which is called um out of my mind we actually played it at uh this is hardcore last year yeah. and uh we played it at the inclination show last year so it's hyped to finally i was excited to just get that out specifically because we were originally planning to do a uh short little sample for the album with like two or three songs um, and that was originally going to be on it, and that was going to come out. We're planning for that to come out in October, but when we decided to do the full length, we just held off on it. Yeah. And what was the decision from doing a, another EP into going into like a full length? Well, we just kind of had enough music. Like I write a lot of music, just because I have like kind of like a little home demo set up, so I can just kind of like sit there, get high, and write a song in like two hours. So luckily the band, I can just send it to them. They give me their feedback and then I can kind of bust out. I've, I've written like demos for some bands in like three days. So it's pretty easy to like get music out. Okay. Yeah. Also, I, Richie, I answer that question. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I get it. No, no, no that, that's awesome that you have the, the ability just to um, crank things out at your own pace. Yeah. He also like, Everything he writes, there's like, we have, I don't know, four different projects going on right now. Like kind of no option is obviously the main project, but there's other stuff that's like being recorded and other stuff that's still in the demo stages. And it's like, Richie just keeps writing insane shit and expects me to play the drums for it. And I fucking can't. 
because it's just you know it's it's stuff that nobody can play because nobody has yeah, four I'm arms. I'm sitting there high as hell typing into a computer what I think <laughs> would sound cool on drums. Of course, it's not made for humans to replay. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, yeah, if you listen to the No Option demo as a drummer, I guarantee that like makes your head want to explode because it's all fake drums on our demo <laughs> and so it's just literally copy and paste it from what i wrote and i know when frank first heard it he was so mad at me i'm still <laughs> mad at him still mad at him because we uh we have another demo for another band uh called laws of nature i don't even what kind of hardcore would you consider that it's like troy core worship like sigmata yeah kind of like uh all at war kind of worship band it's cool and it's like he's him and uh, the other guitar player, Shane, are just writing n- insane shit that doesn't make sense, and it's all computer drums, and then Richie gets mad. Like, actually visibly angry when I cannot play. Well, no, because I get mad because you get an attitude with me about it, and I'm like, motherfucker, I'm making you be a better drummer right now, so don't yell at me. Yeah, I'm a bitch. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's crazy. So uh, when he comes to you with these program drums that you can't play... Uh, do you have to tweak it so that Frank is able to play it? Yeah, no. like there's uh, there's some <laughs> tweakings that we have to do. Like, but, like I don't know. Sometimes, like I I forget. He tries to normally do like a single kick thing for most songs. Yeah, because like, shout out D Fang from Turnstile. Keep it simple. Everything on that last Turnstile record is perfect because it's all simple drum shit. And even when it's complicated, it's still simple and tight. Yeah, but I do not write drums like that. So yeah, I I forget you. that he doesn't want to use double kick. And wants to keep it single kick, so sometimes I'd be throwing them off. Luckily, Frank picked up double kick for the new album and made certain songs sound really good. Like Try Again. Oh, shout he, out that song. Yeah, he used double kick for like that's the first recording you ever used one on, right? Yeah, facts. Yeah. He killed it on that. And I was curious on the band camp, um, you don't have all the lyrics posted. Is yeah, a- just cause uh Jack has Jack is not very good at texting. And I asked him for all of the lyrics and he said, okay, I gotcha. And then just didn't answer me for about four or five days. Then he was like, hey man, sorry, I've been sick. Yeah. Also, <laughs> if you want to, also, he don't got dad all the time. If you want to like cash app him money, like it's hash, it's that fucking money sign, Jack Zabinski, money app and Venmo. I'm pretty sure if you want to help him out with data, he'll be very grateful. Anybody listening, seriously. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's so weird that he's still paying for a, a data plan. Cause I feel like most companies these days offer like unlimited. I know, man. I'm on Virgin Mobile, fucking full data plan for like 45 bucks. But he's, I think he's stuck in the family plan with his yeah. parents and they're making him pay for it. So he's just kind of stuck with like his parents are like really old, they're like in their 60s. <laughs> no, like they're like old. <laughs> shout out. Yo, shout out to the Zabinski straight up. Them. They're super sweet. But like I know they don't use like a single like megabit of data every like month. So they don't pay for it. And then it screws him over. <laughs> okay. We got to get them up to speed because I'm sure they're probably paying more than they should for their phone plan. <laughs> oh, you for know, real. they are, you know, like like Verizon or AT&T is probably running their pockets, like not even thinking twice about it. AT&T is running my pockets. Yeah, you know, like, that's Virgin Mobile, bro. I'm saying I didn't even we know Virgin we Mobile born was still again around. <laughs> what, what kind of phone do you have on Virgin Mobile? I'm so curious. Oh, I, got an iPhone. <laughs> I got an iPhone 6. I'm good. He's still, okay. got, right. he's still so, got the aux cord. Right, let me, he's, let he's me, lucky. Yeah, let me tell. I got the iPhone six because I'm not trying to get no bullshit dongle out here. Hey, but chill. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, just straight up. You just get like a little, uh, like, was it? What's that? Sim card. Sim, yeah. yeah, you just get that from Virgin Mobile, and then they 
you can put it in your phone, hook it up to that, and then you just pay whatever plan they have. They got like, I think it's like I get 10 gigabytes of data high speed, and then like it's unlimited, but like shit data after yeah. that. But like I don't even touch 10 gigabytes every month. Yeah, I okay. do. Other than riding on the bus, listening to that culture abuse record on repeat. Good shit. <laughs> So on the new record, I have a couple questions. the The artwork is pretty interesting. Um, is there some symbolism behind the the scene? Because uh, uh, whenever you the- ask, uh, Ridge heard the album and yeah. then he put the uh, album artwork together. So whenever you have life's question on, that's probably a question for him because I have no idea what the hell it's supposed to be. I, I was explaining to him on the phone. I had talked to him on the phone for like 25 minutes when I was driving home from Virginia one day. Okay. And he was, I was telling him like, dude, you know, for me, at least no option to me is about having fun with my friends and the name make it count itself is just kind of like an encouragement. So it's like, you know, for me, it, it kind of means like, you know, the record is about having fun. Like I have to make everything count, like what we're yeah. doing. Like it's all, you know, don't miss all the little details. And I told Ridge, like, you know, to me, all of this is about having fun. So I feel like he kind of threw it in because like, you know, make it count. It's kind of like an encouragement thing, kind of made it, you know, 50s, 60s, like vibe. Because, it's you know, the 50s, 60s, it seemed like a lot more fun and carefree. Yeah. I don't know. And also like, you know, it's a swimming pool at a hotel. You know, swimming pools and hotels, there's some reckless yeah, shit that been, goes on. You ever been seven years old and, like, your parents are at a motel and there's a swimming pool? That shit's hard. And he also <laughs> wanted to create um, the back of the record is actually going to be, like, the um, the alley that's right behind the hotel where there's going to be, like, the shady-ass motherfuckers doing drugs and, like, you know, people that are drunk as hell passed out. Like, it's going to be, like, a totally opposite front and back cover. Yeah, the whole idea of, like, make it count is just, like, I don't know, you kind of got one shot, you know, just kind of do it. That's kind of, like, the idea we have with this album, because, like, everything about this band has been super fun, and, it like, as, like, it continues, it gets a little bit more stressful, a little bit more stressful every day, but, like, the idea of make it count is just, like, yeah, we're all in our early 20s, and we're lucky enough to have a band that's, like, getting a reaction from people. Let's just do it. Make it count, you know? I'm just um, weird, and I see "Make It Count" three times on the cover. So oh, uh, that freaked me out too, man. That like OCD <laughs> kind of like triggers in that. Yeah. Hey, shout out Ridge, dude. Ridge is insane at doing design. Like oh, yeah, I awesome. look up to him. He's like in he's, every he's like the secret behind like the past like two years nonstop of like graphic design. Like he just did the knock loose. He did the chamber uh, stuff. Yeah. He's on that pure noise fucking paycheck. You heard? Yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> I was um, happy that you guys kept the logo from Murder Town and brought it over to the new record. Oh, I fought for that. I'm not. I love, I I love that record. I love that logo. Tyler Mullen absolutely killed it. I like it a lot. I just, you know, I really don't think. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. I wasn't even that big of a fan of it when we first got it, honestly, because, like, you know, I. From I don't know I'm always I'm that kind of person where it's like I can't read the logo. We're like, saying that people... while we're both wearing items of clothing that have the logo on us. Yo, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I'm I'm a big fan of like I want people to be able to read our logo and you know be like oh that's a no option app. But I feel like it's at the point where it's like people have seen our logo enough where it's like okay. I think that's no option. I don't know. It's cool though. Shout out Tyler. Mullen I like I like the repeat again. stuff. Like I, I like I'm really inspired, especially with this band. It doesn't sound wise. It kind of shows, but like I really love like old youth crew bands. Like yeah. 
like Youth of the Day, Gorilla Biscuits, you know, Uniform Choice, all those bands are super awesome to me. And like they redid a bunch of designs constantly just because they would go on like full U.S. tours, leaving with only 50 shirts, expecting to sell that and then like have to redo shirts on tour. So like naturally, like designs would be repeated and stuff like that. So I think that's super interesting. And like, I want to keep that tradition alive, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with that too. It's sick. Um, it, you know, it, it's definitely recognizable. So, I, I think you guys should keep it forever. Oh yeah, shout out Tyler Mullen, Mirror the Knife. Hit him up to do your logo. He'll kill it. Um, so on the record, you guys have an interlude, track six. Yep. Um. Oh yeah. Can you guys talk about that? Are you guys um friends with uh Joe um? Brittenbach is that how I, I oh you that? killed it fuck yeah okay all right so Joe all right so I work the uh I'm basically quote-unquote shop bitch for a tattoo shop here in uh, Newark Delaware called pinstruck tattoos and Joe is a fantastic fantastic tattoo artist from there he just did like my tummy tattoo I love him to death he's like a really good friend of mine really supports no option in like what we're doing he was actually the uh have you ever listened to Joshua fit for battle uh, no, I have not. So they're like an old screamo band. It's like at, being from Delaware and like getting into like page 99, like all those old screamo bands. It's like Joshua Fitter Battle was always like the name. They're super sick. Like a lot of bands took influence from them just for like the just their demo sound specifically. But he was one of the original vocalists for that band. And uh, in his recent years with tattooing and stuff, he hasn't been involved in hardcore at all, but he still listens to like releases when they come on his radar. So when I told him I was in a band like working under him, he was like, yo, like, let me know whatever you need anything like I help out. And I heard he was doing like analog beats off of old records. So I asked him to do one for us for the record and it came out like I I just told him like, yo, give me something like kind of like MF Doom, Mad Lib, like Mad Villain beat inspired thing. And he gave he gave me exactly what I was looking for, and it was super dope. And shout out to Joe B, and shout out to everybody at Pinstruck Tattoos. Those are family right there. Hell yeah, that's awesome that he's so willing to um, help out and contribute to the scene. Oh yeah, he was super excited as soon as uh, I didn't even say anything to him when the album dropped a little bit early, and he mentioned it to me at work and uh, when I was working with him. And he was like, yo, put it on. Like, what's up? As soon as we like, as soon as all the customers left, we put it on the new album. He was super excited, like bopping his head. It was, it was, it's dope to see like someone that like, I looked up to his music before I even like really met him and knew that he was a vocalist of that band. And then to have him help on the record was super dope. Hell yeah. Um, my favorite track off the record is no option. And um, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, guest vocals on there. Um, I, I don't want to pr- try to pronounce this girl's last name because I'm going to mess it up. So it's Roche. OK, it's like a, it's a French last name because she's uh, her dad is from is Haitian. OK, but uh, yeah, she's like. All right. So Maya is like one of our closest friends. She's been a constant supporter of us since the beginning. I was actually when I first started this band, me and her had thrown around the idea of her doing vocals for the band. But uh, she ended up it ended up not happening. Jack ended up being the one to like force me to go and record it and be like, yeah, let's start this band. But um, so, yeah, she's been a constant supporter of us. She's all of our best friends. She's been there to every single show that we've played. And uh, 
basically she just started doing the no option one day and uh, like as for fun just because we were like yo we want you to be involved and then it stopped. it evolved and like it's one of our favorite parts in the set and we end every single set by playing that song and having her come up and do it with us and it's awesome she's like been a great supporter of us and can't ask for enough she also helps with getting jack who doesn't have a card to most shows and that's super awesome and it's can't can't even begin to describe how much support she gives us and how much like we want to give it back to her hell yeah that's awesome that you're you know showing the love to her and actually giving her a spot on your guys's record i I think that's a pretty big deal oh yeah if you i don't know in like the northeast like maya is kind of like a social pariah it seems oh yeah because she hangs out like she's from delaware like i met her when we were back in high school like we were going to our first hardcore shows together she would always come to like uh, all of my bands like my first hardcore bands shows and stuff like when we were just starting to play like Philly hardcore shows so like for like most of the members in this band it's like as we got into hardcore Maya was there with us and like we've all been best friends for so many years that it's just naturally like she we have to have her be a part of it in any way we possibly can She's like, also, she, even, yeah. she even came with us and helped us do merch on our purgatory run we yeah. just did yeah so she was there the whole time she's a super great friend i can't speak highly enough about her yeah she's any anybody you'll meet that knows maya will tell you how amazing she is okay hell yeah shout out to maya for being um a good friend and a great supporter of no option straight up so yeah from the um from the release of the demo until now you guys have put out a new release every year which i think is cool but the um full length being out now there's 10 tracks there's a lot of music there are you guys gonna write out the record and try to tour as much as possible on it or are you guys already thinking ahead and already wanting to hit the studio to put out new stuff oh no i already have like all right so i have what i think is the best no option song i've ever written like written and done we just need to practice it a bit more and get it done but I plan on doing a split with hopefully like at shackled you dumb bitches fucking hit us back Dylan um, yeah I want to do a split with them but yeah like basically I'm just working on new music just trying to get it going as soon as I just wanted the album out so I didn't have to focus on that anymore and I could just work on new new no option music yeah um, and then uh, I don't think we're doing too much on the record right now just because I'm going to be like our so Kyle, our guitar player, he is an HVAC technician full time. So he really can't, you know, he is a lot of he works a lot. So it's really difficult for him to get an extended period of time off to take for touring. Plus this fall, I'm going to be doing like an electrical training to be yeah. an electrical apprentice. We were going to do a tour, a uh, two week run with stepping stone and peace of mind. And we were super excited about that. We're going to go to Canada for that. My girlfriend hooked us up with that, but then Frank's course came up and we had to Facts. drop it. And then yeah. those motherfuckers moved it a month back. Yeah. Like two days after we dropped the they, tour. Yeah. Like I'm pissed. I'm still pissed about it. Yeah. And That's, it sucks. Cause like stepping stone, because they're so locked in their visa, like we couldn't change it after we already did it. So, yeah. but they're still doing that tour and they have peace of mind. doing. Yeah. It it's going to be like one of the coolest tours to come through the Northeast and just most of the U S in general in the Damn, past sorry. like year. I mean, yeah. Fucking Frank, we're beefing, but yeah, it's all right. I'll get yeah, over yeah, it. Fuck you. I'll, I'll take a retirement yeah. plan. That's when my girlfriend going to beat the shit out of you. No, she won't. She's Canadian. Uh, you that's what you think what oh so your girlfriend doesn't even live in the states oh no um stepping stone actually mentioned her they called her the uh, honorary sixth member that's uh my girlfriend nikki 
she's the one that like uh she saw us and met me and then she was immediately like hey stepping stone this is a band that like is kind of like doing the same thing you're doing and she showed us them and i immediately like fell in love with their music they're super super awesome dudes we definitely pissed them off having to drop that tour but they're still like the nicest dudes and they put on for us and i love those love their music to death nathan if you listen to this bro i'm sorry i had to make i had to make no option drop the tour yeah it's all frank's fault fuck that bitch <laughs> damn bro all right yeah <laughs> fuck you i saw nathan at San and fury what a guy yeah he was rocking that fucking cheetah speedo looking oh bad as shit. yeah boy that's what i'm talking hot boy summer <laughs> fucking what you know we drinking white claws all day long it's crazy um yeah i i hope stepping stone and um peace of mind kill it on that run because um, yeah i've had you know members from both those bands on the podcast and i always want to see them do good Oh yeah, they're just you can tell they're just super genuine people from everything I've experienced with them. I'm so excited to meet uh them when we play with them in Philly. We're headlining the show, what is it, August eleventh? Yeah, August eleventh. Yeah, Creep we're Records. headlining a show with them at Creep Records in Philly. Shout out to Joe, Chris, Bob, all the homies for putting that on. But I'm super excited to meet like Peace of Mind and Stepping Stone. And, yeah. Like, definitely want to make it up to Stepping Stone and go up there and do a tour in their neck of the woods. Definitely. Definitely want to do that next even this year if we can swing it, but you never know. Going back on the um record, I, I, I don't know um the recipe, but I, I'm I'm always curious um about bands like letting records actually um live and let people soak it in before they put out a, a new release because I, I feel like some bands fall victim to putting out new records too fast and not letting um, people have enough time to bond with the record like you know previous so oh no without a doubt i completely agree with that you should definitely take your time and be, your records should be in my opinion like stepping stones of your like as a hardcore band like your progression so like a record should really stand for like the certain sound and the way you're carrying yourself at a time and everything in between them eps splits samplers singles like i think that should just be like building up to that so like yeah. it's our next full length is way off trust me like i have ideas already for what we're gonna do um i really want to talk about like this album's very posy i want to talk about a lot darker subjects because us as people have been through a lot darker things and just like make the most out of your life and i think we should talk about that but on the same hand it's gonna be a long way coming and i definitely want to do a couple splits an ep like a sampler maybe in between but like this album is i want to stand as like our full length you know okay awesome yeah i hope so too because um i've jammed the record a couple times today and obviously um like for me things don't always click right away so that's why i um i love music because things like just bands um artists whatever um things just uh you know i don't know what it is but they just uh you know take time to click sometimes and i i I just want people to be able to have that with this record and not kind of um push it to the side just because there's a you know new split coming out or yeah um like a new single i don't really i don't care about like the new split because the solid 
releasing hardcore will stand the test of time no matter what yeah luckily with hardcore it's enough like at the end of the year like the albums of the year stand out you know it's like the things that aren't as good they get washed away so to just have an album that like some kids that have like consider are their album of the year is like insane to me but I, it's still early in the year, so I guarantee all these kids are gonna switch around. But it's cool that kids are reaching out and being like, "Yo, we love your band and like love that." But I fully expect it's like the test of time will show like the real truths of anything, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's funny that we're talking about like the longevity of this record, and it's not even officially out yet. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what do you think about posting this? Um. I uh, we we can talk about it off air because I, I got like a bunch of things going on. All right, word. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you just made you just met a bunch of people at Sound of Fury. You probably have so many interviews coming up. Don't worry. <laughs> um, if I'm gonna be um, honest, I, I I like out of Sound and Fury. I I didn't really want to like network too much because I was so tired from work. I probably got maybe um like two people to agree to be on the podcast just because um surprisingly out of everybody that was there um i i really just wanted um this one person and i talked to him he was down for it so it's gonna happen in the future and then um I was hanging out with my buddy um, who lives in, I, I think, South Jersey, but he's from Philly. Uh, he, he sings for that band, The Dividing Line. Oh, Casey? Yeah, Casey. Really oh, good friend shit. of mine. Casey's the dude. My man needs to step his shoe game up drastically. <laughs> like, but, like, I just think about his, like, his back is probably so much better than all of ours. Oh, yeah, I yeah. really my, can't talk My shit. back is in a lot of pain Yeah, right my now. back is, I'm still feeling last. This is hardcore this year. But, so I guarantee his back is way better than mine. But, like, yo, bro, shoe game, step it up. I tell him every time I see him, I'm going to bring him new shoes, and I never do, and I feel bad. Dude, you got to wear, like, a size 14. I don't dude, know bro, no, he's a 13, feet. remember, because we argued about this last time. Oh, yeah. yeah you All right. Some Jordans. You got to step his shit up. I have a pair of Jordans and a 13. Let's I can go. Bring Casey, we're coming for you, baby. Yeah, Casey, I got a pair of Jordan ones. for. They're not ones, but they're like one and twos mixed together. I got for free. <laughs> they're still sick. Uh, I forget. I think I think there's a picture of Meek Mill wearing them one time. <laughs> I, I don't know. I got them from LaDon. He gave them to me. So Shout I'm gonna give him to Casey. Shout out Ladon. Shout out Flesh Tomb. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I was hanging out with Casey. He is a good friend, and I didn't even ask him, but he like pitched the podcast to some people, and they seemed into it. So um, there's some positives coming out of it. But I but I didn't go um, to Santa Fe with the intention of trying to get people to be on because it's weird enough for me to try to sell it to people to their face because this whole thing's like even though I've been doing it for um, basically uh, yeah it's probably like officially been a year like today um, since I've been um, doing this with guests so um, I don't really like to do it face to face unless I feel like I have to like if, if I feel like I, I'm I can't get to them through the internet. Uh, I'll do it face to face, but um, it, it's, it's kind of nerve wracking to try to get yeah. people to agree to come and talk to me for hours. When well, it's almost it's almost easier on the internet to just be like, "Hey, I'm doing like a podcast interview type series. Would you like to be on it?" Rather than going up to someone in person and saying that same thing, you kind of feel like, "Oh, like I'm fucking that asshole." <laughs> 
Yeah. Because it's it's weird. Like I feel like whenever I see a band I really like live and I'm like, hey, we're doing this show. Would you want to like hop on it with us? Like it's I always feel like super weird about that or like just anything asking of another band, you know. No, I, I definitely get it because I feel like a car salesman and I don't like want to have to try to sell myself. So um, I no, you have I think you have a strong enough like what's the right word roster now of like podcasts and like interviews you've done that I think you should stand out. You're like somebody that like I'm all, all the way on the East Coast over here and like your podcast like sticks out to me. And whenever I see it pop up, I, I listen to it immediately, you know. Thank you. I definitely appreciate that. And for sure, like when I started this, um, like my first official guest is like one of my best friends, Garrett. But the first like person from a band um, that was Antonio from Spine. And the more Spine people is so you know, sick, awesome band. Shout out Spine. Shout out Bridge Nine. Um, shout out yeah. Midwest Hardcore. But also, by the way, at Spine. Uh, I don't know why we're playing above you. This is hardcore, but that is 14 year old me is freaking out from when I first heard your guys like demo and shit. <laughs> I don't know either, but whatever. Uh, it's all good. Um, where was I going? Oh, okay. So yeah, when I first started, um, it was way more like people were like, who the hell is this guy? Like the best rejection I've ever got. And for the record, I would prefer um, a rejection over being ignored. So um, if I ever hit you up to be on the podcast, please just reject me and don't ignore <laughs> me. Um, but the best rejection I ever heard, and, and mind you, I thought this um, was going to be like a sure thing because I got connected through a mutual friend and normally that way things are always solid but um i, I got connected through this band i, I i'm not going to name them because i don't want to call them out but yeah. got put in contact with this band and um did my little pitch i was like hey um meet friends with so-and-so um you know, this is like the whole spiel or whatever and then they replied back they're like oh um to be honest we've never heard of you so we're gonna pass and I, oh. I I read that and I was like, holy shit, like that is kind of shitty, but I get it. Like, yeah, no, I, that's like, like for me, like that's like, fuck that. I don't care if anybody's below you or above you. Like we're, we're a community of hardcore. We should all be constantly looking out for each other. And we should be hyped that other people are doing things. Yeah. And like, uh, different pertaining to the scene, you know, for sure. And I'm like, I've always said this, like, I'm not doing this for for cloud or for any, you know, weird status. I do this because I'm a fan of hardcore and I want to help spread the word of whoever I have on or, you know, just have a good conversation. This isn't, you know, some weird scheme to get popular. Like I'm super antisocial. I, I never want to be popular, but um, <laughs> as I feel uh, that so hard. Yeah. So as uh time um you know went on and like i started um having more guests on and, and it, it's definitely become easier because um the friends that i've made through doing the podcast um they've like opened up their contacts to me like i've um this friend uh shout out nate prosciutti plays in strength for a reason and uh choice to make One of the dopest bands ever yes um he's been like a real big help like i, I got a friend in long island shout out steve huey like I, I just have like a bunch of people helping me behind the scenes getting in contact and shout out to the people who will even give me the time of the day when i reach out like you know randomly cold turkey just through email like that still happens like i still try so um 
uh, rapping solo, uh, definitely easier now that I've had so many um, uh, uh, key people from the scene on. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's really yeah. important. The more, like, the more impacts you make in the scene, the more recognition you'll get. It's it's unfortunate with hardcore; it's very pay your dues. I don't even know why I said unfortunately though, because like that's a good thing. Like you got to pay your dues to prove your weight in the scene. I feel like no, I've been bullied I, a lot, so I'm 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 working <laughs> on it. Yeah, you get bullied deservedly though, because you know I bully you more than most most people, and I still get bullied for everything. <laughs> it's mainly because you tell me to do shit and I do it and I get bullied. Yeah, I'm it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's learning. <laughs> you, you just send him out to take the heat. Yeah, oh, I made him. I made him tweet last night that Jesus would have loved e girls. Yo, I read got, that. He had friends hitting him up, pissed off as hell. <laughs> it's true though. Jesus would have loved e girls. <laughs> he ran with crackheads and prostitutes. Fact. Jesus was a real one, Yo, down sh- for the streets. I'm not even Christian or religious, but I understand Jesus was about the streets. That's a fact. Mary Magdalene, whore. <laughs> Yeah, I read that and like the Bible I, said it. Honestly, I, I was trying to make sense of that tweet and and I I couldn't, so I I just kept scrolling. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna pass on that right now. I don't even want to try. It's a lot to decompress. Yeah, it's because we'll argue. If anyone says no, we'll be like pulling out like Bible receipts. Yeah, facts. That's my job. That's me and Cross's job to do that. Okay. But I, straight edge. Facts. But, but I feel like um what one of the um, best feelings doing this um, is uh, since I've um, done it for so long and people are starting to come around when I have people on who previously had ignored me or turned me down good feeling oh yeah that's always great proving like the people that like weren't about it wrong you know I mean that's like kind of, that's just kind of like a self rewarding feeling it's like yeah, it's great doing something for yourself and then having like negative opposition and then like really like pushing the point forward because I'm not going to like I don't even want to bring this up really because it's like dumb to give this light but it's like sucks having bands that like I've looked up to personally so much through like high school and like growing up as a person like go out of their way now like certain people to like say things that they don't like our band and like talk shit and like it's shitty but like it's just it's I'm just going to keep doing it because like what better way of like, like what, what, how do they say it? The fucking, the best revenge is living a best life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm down for that. And that sucks that people are, you know, being whacked towards you guys. And it's whatever, you know, you just, I, Kyle, our basis puts it right. When you're doing something right, people are going to talk shit for no reason. Facts. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, so I was, here's a funny story from Sound Fury. My old roommate came up to me and he was like, um, he was, he was super like high and like kind of out of his mind. So I, I didn't take it too personal. And he like walked up to me. He was like, Hey, like, um, I was hanging out with Jared and, um, Sean. And I'm like, for sure, you know, cool, do your thing. Like, I'm just going to be over here, like, minding my own business. And then he was like, Hey, he's like, you know, a lot of people don't like you. <laughs> And I, what? I, yeah, and I, I started <laughs> laughing because like he, he's kind of an asshole. Um, that's right, just like, if a homie said that to me. Maybe it's just like East Coast shit, but I would just slap him right then because that's like the rudest shit you can say to like someone who's your friend. Yeah, like, so like, I, a lot of people don't like you. Like, 
cool like i don't like you now great <laughs> yeah it, it was kind of fucked like he, he said it to me and then it kind of like messed with me mentally because like i started like running through the people that like i interact with like regularly and i'm like man have i wronged anybody recently and it just yeah. like kind of messed with me but then i just kind of had to shake it off i'm like you know what fuck him like whatever like he's taking out people that don't like me i'm like it's fine it's bound Dude, to happen shit. like not everybody's gonna like you so i was like you know it's fine it's it's okay like i'm here at sand and fury um enjoying my weekend if people don't like me um sucks for them yeah dude uh, my whole thing about that me and my friends literally make fun of the fact that people are that rude to each other we have a running joke that's like one of his friends said to like my best friend he was like you uh you're too controlling that's why none of your relationships work out so we say that to each other just as a joke because that's the rudest thing that you can possibly say to like a friend yeah like it makes no matter who you are it's like you're too controlling that's why none of your relationships work out immediately everybody stops and they think like no i'm not (laughs) (laughs) but even if it's a joke like it's just so rude and like obnoxious to say to somebody like it's like I just, I just don't understand walking up to anybody, especially a friend, and, like, putting that out yeah. there. Like, you, you know, a lot of people don't like you. Like, wow, fuck off. Like, yeah, now I don't like you. Thanks. Yeah, for real. Yeah, it was pretty funny, but... Yo, back to the album, though. I hate to be this... <laughs> I'm super intrusive, but, like, what what's your... Like, other than no option, like, what, what are some highlights of the album for you? So, um... I listened to it like on a long drive that I had and well it wasn't that long it was like a two hour drive um, I was listening to the record and I kind of look at it like um, like tracks one through five is like a side A and then seven yep. through ten is like a side B yeah that's so, how we could try to separate it up that's exactly how we did it too what, what <laughs> side do you think speaks to you a little bit more if, if I'm going to be honest I prefer um, side B if I had to pick because I feel like those songs are like um, sounds like way more like uh, like groovy more busy yeah yeah but, I love groove I'm a big fan of pocket drum grooves and like I love it, it all goes back to that you know I grew up listening to like simple music with my dad where it's like, I love groove. I love that pocket where it's like you have a tight pocket groove and nobody can take you out of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Shout out Sean from Varials. Him and I will talk about like pocket drum grooves for hours. It's sick. Yeah. But I love the t- title track. So I'm just like, man, Oh my God. That uh, thing is, that, love, it sounds thank you massive. For liking that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's a, that's a song that like, especially for like us as a band, like it kind of separates some of us, like some of us are like, yo, that's a great song. And other people are like, I don't want to play that ever. Yeah. Like I think that song sounds just massive. So, you know, whenever we play that live, there was a little argument before we played. <laughs> yeah. Like it's always like, why the fuck we got to play that? Like, it's not even fun. Like <laughs> That's weird that's, because I, I feel like, um, the fact that it's like, you know, the, the title track of your new record, I feel like you guys have to play that. I feel like people expect that. With that. Yeah, well, it's very, like, we, we made that the title track because it very, like, Jack, like, had the lyrics kind of written. He wrote it to the song, but, like, the lyrics in general are very, like, we try to go for, like, that posy attitude for the album just because it's make it count. And he kind of, like, pushed it through on that song. But, like, at certain times, it's, like, like I said, like, we, like, kind of live, like, uh, like, our lives are a little darker than just doing, like, the whole posy thing. So yeah. it's, like at times like we don't feel like that song really fits for like what we're doing 
Okay. Yeah, we have other so- like if you like look at our songs, like we talk about a lot of like anxiety and like problems we see in the world, and then other songs are very like uplifting yourself to try to get through those. And some days we're very much on the side of like let's uplift ourselves to get through those shitty times, but then you know other days we're more on the side of like let's play like the sad like the songs that speak more on like what we're dealing with day to day. Well, I, I think it's good that you have that variety. Yeah, we try to we've tried to shake it up throughout like musically how we're doing things and like lyrically what everything's sounding like. So since you guys are headlining the the after show, do, do you guys um, like curate a different set? Because like, are you guys gonna have more time to play, or are you guys just gonna play your normal set? We don't I don't know. know. Uh, if, I, if I have my way. Uh, we're gonna play every single song we've ever recorded there. Holy but shit! But not every member knows every single song, so we can't do that. But I want to play a really packed set with like some songs we're not we've never played live. So I'm gonna need to sit down with some members and go over songs. But I I want to try to switch up the the set list a little bit for the after show. Yeah, I mean, I because for the for the fest because I think we're playing. They sent us like people are already talking about what time they play at the fest already. So like you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, we oh, play at three thirty on Sunday. Are you then, allowed to say that? Huh? So are you guys allowed to say that? Don't want to get you yeah, guys in like, trouble. Yeah, uh, like there, there was Chris, Joe, bring it up with me. You no, know, there was uh, <laughs> there was a couple bands already tweeting about like their set time on oh, Saturday. So I'm I like, mean, you know, like people can guess. Like we're this, you know, just look at the old schedule. But <laughs> no, we play at 3:30 on Sunday and then we play at 11 o'clock at the after show. So, we're not going to have to miss the Gorilla Biscuits, which I'm stoked about. I'm going to do it for for 3, three weeks. Week. But um shout out the homies. For real. But um I we're doing a cover. I'm not going to say what. But we're doing a cover and we're doing um, a slightly longer set because we have a little bit more time this year than we did last year. And luckily, all of our songs are two minutes long. Yes, all of our songs are very short. We usually go fast because it's fun to go fast. So it's, you know, a little shorter than usual. Um, And then for the after show, I kind of want to play some of the stuff we never play that much. Just because, you know, I... I don't like seeing the same band all the time and hearing the same songs every time. Like I like different stuff, different order. Not, even if it's the same songs, like different order, different um, transitions from song to song. It kind of has a different vibe to it each time. Hell yeah, but that's awesome. That'll give kids a little more incentive to go check you guys out at the after show. Yeah. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Either way, like that after show alone, like I don't care if there's like two people there. As long as the room is packed for like karma and life's question, like they deserve, like I'll just be hyped as hell. Yeah. We already got the pleasure of playing like the fest. It's cool enough that we get asked to play like the last after show, like the headlining set. Like we get to close it yeah. out. But like honestly, fun. I just care about all of my friends having the sets that like they deserve because they're the ones that like if we weren't like if we didn't have such a good friend group around us with all these different bands and different scenes like i don't think we'd be anywhere where we are now not at all okay hell yeah um real quick your guys's twitter icon oh yeah oh, so man. that's that's a uh <laughs> rip of so the number so like the big college in delaware is university of delaware and that's newark delaware which is like so like 90 percent of delaware's population lives in newcastle county which is at the top 
and we have two other counties below us. The middle county doesn't do shit except for meth and like have like a NASCAR state fair. Fucking Yo, NASCAR. They kill our NASCAR. Oh my actually. god, I love NASCAR. Then, Shout out to anybody who watches NASCAR. Yeah. You're the fucking shit. The fucking the, the intimidator, baby. Facts number three. Rest um, in power. But uh, yeah, so like, and then the bottom state is just all beaches, and like, no one really lives down there except for during the summer. So like, our county is like super populated and like has like a ton of kids in it. There's also a really cool uh, DIY punk scene in Newark, which is yeah. really awesome. Yeah, like the University good. City has a lot of yeah. punk bands that are underground and not, you know. Shout out Moonflower. Yeah, Moonflower is sick. Uh, They're an emo Khaki band. Cuffs made a really funny song about Frank. <laughs> it's not uh, even about me. They it's just not about tit- you. Yeah. yeah, the titles. They just you know how it. emo songs yeah. do it. They write titles that don't mean anything. Yeah, like it's, but, uh, it was titled, it's, I'm fairly certain that Frank from No Option hates me. And I know everybody in that band, and I love all of them to death. <laughs> and it's just ironic, I Shout guess. Shout out to Khaki Cuffs. For real. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, it's basically just a rip of, like, the University of Delaware. And, like, if you're a Delaware kid, like, the whole, like, thing is, like, you go to school and you work hard so you can go to the University of Delaware. And, like, a lot of us didn't go to college. So we kind of took, like, the townie approach and, like, put, like, our logo on the blue hand, changed the colors up, and then, like, I put a, put joint a blunt in his, his hand, mouth. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, put a joint on him. You know, piss him off. But we changed enough so they can't sue us. So. Facts. Also, because they're really bad. Like, yeah. University of Delaware, if, like, any of the fraternities do, like, rips or, like, make fun of the blue hand, they sue, <clears> like, really badly. And but I have we, a, lot of, a lot of friends that I went to high school with are in fraternities at the University of Delaware, and I have, like, 30 or 40 messages from people I went to high school with wanting those shirts and they're, I just can't get them to them because we had a pre-order and they didn't get them. So yeah. I also still have to ship all of them out. I don't know when this podcast coming out. Shirts probably won't even be shipped out by then. Listen. I don't got bread for that. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're doing never doing best. pre-orders ever again. Basically, Bandcamp is holding $125 of the shipment money. So I'm like sitting on this money. Like I don't have money in my pocket. Like <laughs> You expect me to ship 50 t-shirts out of my own pocket when you're holding my money? Like, don't be a dick. Give me my money. <laughs> and people are messaging me like, hey, like, it's been a month. Like, we got the shirts like a week and a half ago. I mean, yeah, they'll get them when they get them. They'll, yeah, you'll get them right, when you get them. If if you hear this podcast, you still ain't get the shirt. Fuck Bandcamp. Also, the Gildan Hammer, it's on Gildan Hammer. The shirts took longer to get to the print shop than usual. So, like, there was a delay with that, too. So, like, you know. But they came out perfect. Don't worry. They they're literally perfect. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that money from Bandcamp. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm sure they're all um, happy to finally have an update on where their pre-orders are. Yeah, because we're not gonna tweet about it. We're assholes. We're <laughs> yeah, gonna tweet facts. about what dumb shit we're thinking at the current moment. <laughs> yep. Um, one thing I, I I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, Frank, you did a song with um your friend. Is it Splinter Cell? Is that Splinter Cell? Yeah. Okay. The baby. The baby. That's my guy. Okay. Can you, can you talk about that? Uh, your stage name uh, and like what that that's all about. Franco Knight. All right. So Knight. There's like a story behind all of it. Is that I met a kid from Chicago. He's like Northern Chicago. Back on Xbox when I was like 13 years old. We played Xbox together. Black Ops 2. You know how it was. I was in middle school. That's what we did every single night. Fuck homework. It's about Call of Duty. <laughs> and me and him became really good friends. And then he. Uh, I went to visit him one summer and he like took my laptop and he downloaded FL Studio 10. It was at the time because that was like what was easy to be downloaded, like the cracked version of it on my computer. So me and him just started like producing beats and making instrumentals and like trying to get people that, you know, 
didn't rap to rap on him just because it was fun. And like a year later, he started rapping under the, under the name Lil Salad. And he was just like SoundCloud. You know, he had like 10,000 followers or something. It wasn't anything big because it was SoundCloud. And he was like, yo, like you should start rapping. And I was like, I had no idea what I was going to be called. Because like I had the I was under the production moniker of Glass. And I had like the OG SoundCloud URL. I was very excited about that <laughs> just because like people pay money for that. Like people are trying to pay for that URL from me and I'm still never going to give it up. But um, he was like, all right, well, like he was like, well, how about you just make your your name Franco Knight? And I was like, all right, cool. So it's been like that since like 2015, I think. And um I actually put out like an I put out an EP just like the Franco Knight EP my senior year of high school, and it's actually where the uh, you know Murder Town on uh, at the end of World Ender that sample where they're talking about like Murder Town USA. Yeah, that's where the name for the album come from, and the sample came from an old beat I produced that was on that EP that we that I put out in high school, and like I just kind of chilled for a little bit because i had to um I, I lost my computer like everything on it so i didn't have fl studio and i couldn't do anything you're starting the band up yeah we we're starting no option and it was like you know i'd, I'd rather do the band thing at this point because i have terrible stage fright when i'm like by myself and um and then my friend caleb like started singing and i was like yo like i want to sing with you so we got this beat <clears throat> so we got this beat and he was like all right like I've never heard you sing and I just he threw the auto tune on because it makes everyone sound better and we recorded that and we were jamming it and it was like yo this is this is really good we have to put this out and I just performed with him at a show that this pop punk band Heather Gray was headlining I think they're headlining I don't know but we performed at that good band but I I don't know like I've always liked hip hop you know pop I don't even know like that, that like singing rap i don't know what you would emo call it. emo rap yeah of the past couple years yeah like um jack our vocalist got me really into uh fantasy camp shout out jonah yeah shout out jonah he was playing drums and choice to make for a little bit he was the original drummer of a uh, life of Ra- life of riley and everything yeah from wilkes bear yeah super so. dope dude he puts on for us super hard which is dope yeah it is cool but um, I don't know, like I've always kind of really appreciated rap and all that because my dad raised me on Beastie Boys. We would drive around. We, he, we had a 72 Jeep Wagoneer with a cassette player in it that he put in. And we would listen to, um, I think it was the Beastie Boys Ill Communication cassette. And that was like my first introduction to rap as like a little ass kid. So I have like a lot of what I owe back to the Beastie Boys. Yeah, that's like one of the first rap song, rap albums I ever heard because my dad was bumping that too. Yeah, real shit. It's like Delaware, <laughs> everybody was bumping the Beastie Boys yep. in like the early 90s. As they should. And can people find that um, original EP um, that you put out when you're a senior anywhere online? No, they cannot. <laughs> I think I have... No, no, no. I, um, I have one song public and it's called sacred and it's the song that i had the murder town sample on just because it was like 2015 16 and i was trying like i really thought suicide boys were sick yeah you got bars though Let's i be did real. i did have bars all right <laughs> I'll, I'll admit that franco knight got the bars. i bro. did have bars I, I really wanted to just rap and like people in my high school thought it was cool 
and I got a lot of cred, I guess. Like, all the football team really fucked with me. Like, because I, I played right tackle my senior year, and they were, like, really stoked that I actually made music. Okay. Um, and do you have any future plans to do more Franco Knight stuff? He fucking better. That's all I got to say. I have one song that I'm sitting on where it's just me rapping for, like, three minutes straight. Just, like, it, it's dumb as hell and it's ignorant like it's, it's ignorant shit but i'm really into like i don't know like i like emo rap but i'm also really into um early playboy cardi and like thousand band fawny and uh uno the activist like their early soundcloud stuff and i just like the whole i love mumble rap I like I don't like you know, mainstream I mean, mumble rap just fire those yeah like i love mainstream mumble rap like there's a song, uh, uh, "Double Cup" by Uno the Activist. It's ignorant and it's just hard as fuck. That played uh, when we played that one Spurt Mob house show that yeah. I was playing before we played. Yep. And that was like, oh one my. of the last memories I have of that. Yeah, I got blackout. Yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> and I, I remember listening. I was like, I know this song. This is sick. Okay. But you know, there's gonna be more stuff in the future. I don't know what, but like, you know, I'm gonna. I, I actually purchased I, I'm an owner of FL Studio now <laughs> so I'm not like illegally using that shit anymore so I can I've been working on music a lot recently I just don't have any vocals done over any of it okay hell yeah that's sick well I'm glad to hear that you are now um, uh, an official owner of FL and you're still doing it image line can suck my dick <laughs> That's who makes FL Studio. <laughs> um, hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Well, I'm going to keep my eye out for Franco Knight just in case you guys or you actually decide to put anything out in the future. It, it'll come out soon. It, in its time, it'll be out. Okay. That's awesome. Well, I, f- I feel like this is a kind of a good place to wrap things up. I, I, f- I feel like um this went way better than i expected you guys were definitely um fun to talk to so i appreciate that oh hell yeah thank you yeah, i was definitely kind of nervous going into this honestly i'm thinking like man i have no idea what is coming our way <laughs> and i i feel like th- th- that's the best thing and i always tell everybody w- when i do this like i um, obviously want to have you on because i'm a fan so there's some knowledge there um but I, I just like to have a normal conversation. No, um, you know, questions written out. I, I obviously have things that I want to know um, just because I listen to your guys' music and stuff, but like I don't have a list of questions written down anywhere. It's just I want it to be as natural as possible because I feel like that's like the best conversations because I sometimes I feel like if it's like, you know, super structured, it, it gets kind of boring and things can end real fast. Yeah. yeah, it does. When you're like too controlling over like the interview or the conversation, it's like you're you're getting to the points too quickly. You know? Yeah, it's like the conversation is all the important part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, shout out Delaware. I definitely like what you guys are doing out there. You got some cool yeah, bands shout going. Out to the Jamie or K podcast, you fucking heard, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, quick shout out to Pork Pie Drums for the Yo, little squealer. Pork the little pie. squealer snare, the official sponsor of Delaware Hardcore. Delaware every, every band uses that bitch. Pork Pie Little Squealer. <laughs> shout out to Dream Symbols, best sounding symbols in the fucking world. 
Uh, I don't know what uh, else. Shout, shout out, out to Soulblind. Shout out Soulblind. Oh my shit. god! Like yeah. The shit out of All him. right. So Jamie, I don't know if you've ever heard of Soulblind. They're oh. they're an all they're like an alternative grungy band from Hudson Valley, New York, and they are the shit. The, yeah, they're. I have listened to their music nonstop. They're playing. Since they dropped uh, their last little sampler three song EP, but they they're an insanely good band. They're playing with uh, Vane tomorrow. I yeah, think. they play with Vane yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, they, they got fucking Vane. Paul Rudd to flex the flyer. Yeah. Okay. They booked, I'm pretty sure they booked all that too. Yeah. Have to check it out because I've never heard of them. Oh, they're you're gonna uh, love them. Yeah, like, they're super great. We're it's gonna have them play our record release whenever we figure out what we're gonna do for that. Yeah, them and Shackled are the only names that we have for sure. Oh, and Payback—they hit me up. Payback, Del- Delco's in lockdown. You fucking up. heard Northeast in lockdown, baby. Yeah, Catch uh, me. this is hardcore. Please knock me out. Trying to think of who else to shout out. Shout out Dare, Absence of Mind, California, Modern yeah. Color, Shackled, Shackled, Life's Question. I don't know, Heat Seeker from Florida. Dude, uh, oh, you fuck with them heavy. Dude, I saw Heatseeker play in Panama City, and it was unreal. Fuck I was yeah. like, yo, yo, shout out to Violated Right too, the Hummy Gabby. There's too many, there's too many people to shout out. Oh man, like I said, man. we wouldn't if we didn't have all of our amazing friends. Like, shout out Eric our Easter band Day. wouldn't be anything. Yeah, shout out Eric Easter Day and all the burials boys. Greatest photographer in the world, Eric Easter Day for real. That's at um, Easter Daily on Instagram. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's the baby. Straight up, one of the most talented dudes in the world. He just directed the new Varials music video. Yeah, you'll see all of us being absolute idiots in that. It's. It is. I mean, you know, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, my man got a crane fucking yeah. photographer there. There was a whole ass crane that I had to look out for while stage diving. Think about yeah. that. Yep. That's a whole dynamic you don't expect in a hardcore. Yeah, like it was setting. it was run so professionally and he dealt with so much stress going into it, like didn't eat for two days kind of thing. <laughs> and he just, knocked it out of the fucking park. He killed it. He is an animal. So please give Eric your money to take pictures for you because you will be 100 percent happy with him. 100 percent. For sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've um, uh, used some of his photos in um, some of my uh, rollouts for the podcast because I know I've tagged him before. Yeah, he's he's such a great he's he's down to earth. Great guy. um, And he's just incredible with a camera. For real. He just understands every shot that he's taking. He's also one of the nicest guys in the world. Yeah, sure. Like how? I don't get it, man. It's that it's that southern. Uh, what do you call it? Hospitality. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm tired, man. <laughs> All right. Well, there you guys have it. Um, <laughs> I love uh, you guys. You guys are awesome. This has definitely been fun. Shout out we Delaware once so again. Thank you for having us. Make for sure. Count out on Apple Music, Spotify, 12 Inch Records coming out through Life and Death Brigade soon. I don't know shit besides that. <laughs> Whenever they're out, they're out. So are please you coming to this is hardcore, Jamie? We, we can talk about that afterwards. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, keep an eye out for the new record. Make it count. Check it out now on Bandcamp, and keep an eye out for the streaming services coming this weekend. And thank you guys again all for listening to the Jamer K podcast. Always on top. Hey, yeah, go vegan, twenty nineteen. Don't yeah. be a pussy anymore.